Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Call me John Smith. My wife Mary and I live in Turkey. Turkey is a wonderful place to live. We also have a very warm people group. They are very friendly. They invite you into their home readily and they enjoy talking with strangers. And it leads us to many conversations. And I want to share with you today a potpourri of dialogue. But hasn't the New Testament been changed? You can't trust it. I was at a booth in a public venue, and the girl in front of me looked about 15 or 16 years old. It is a common question because the Quran frequently touches on the subject. In almost every case, the Quran actually says that the meaning of the words of the New Testament would be twisted, not that the words themselves would be altered. In another verse, it says that people would write things and claim it was from God. Well, we believe that too. But when you put the verses together, the common belief on the street and the one espoused by even 15-year-old girls, is that the New Testament has been changed. I say the New Testament because they generally believe that the Holy Book of Christians is the New Testament alone. But they also believe that the Old Testament has been changed and the Quran was given to correct all the errors. The accusation is quite a trump card because it closes the ears of almost all to even consider what you have to say. When Jesus argued with the scribes and Pharisees, they all agreed on what the scriptures were. They could debate about what the scriptures meant. Here, you don't even have that starting point. So what do you say to such a person? The New Testament hasn't been changed, but there is something you need to understand. You only know about one type of inspiration. You believe that all prophetic writing is the word-for-word -word dictation of God. That is not the only way God communicates His messages. He inspired the prophets with thoughts, and the prophets wrote the messages in their own words. Only the Ten Commandments are the exact words chosen by God. But that doesn't mean the message is wrong. The prophets varied in education and writing style. If God had chosen every word, then we would see no variation in style. But we do see variation. So if a translator or copyist misspells a word or changes the grammar of a sentence, the message is not lost. God protected his message. Well, the girl liked that answer. But like many truths, it takes time to explain. It is a completely unknown concept for Muslims and even some Christians. Another man asked the same thing, and as I was giving the explanation, I stopped and asked him this question. Who do you think changed the New Testament? Now, someone more knowledgeable or argumentative might have given an answer of some type, but the man appeared stumped. He turned to his friend and whispered something, and then remained silent for the rest of my argument. That was one of those moments where God fulfilled his promise that at the moment we need it, something will be given us to say. One person who was educated in the West, knew who we were, and had a really broad knowledge of history, 
was arguing that the Christian world is fractured. He thinks that Islam is the answer for the world because it is able to keep its message pure. The West, he says, has no moral base. Everyone has their own interpretation, and every uncouth thing is done under the cloak of Christianity. He asked me how a person could possibly become a Christian in such an immoral mosaic of religion. Of course, he is right as far as he takes the argument. The Christian world is fractured, and perhaps that will give power to the Antichrist in its time. It didn't come to my mind at the time. Perhaps that also was the work of the Holy Spirit. But while Islam has a conservative front, I live in a Muslim country, and there is sin here, piled high and deep. It is very difficult to find a person here who doesn't lie. Bribery is much more open and common than I find in the West. The newspapers are filled with murder and adultery, and the victims and the perpetrators are often wearing headscarves. I wonder why such an educated person cannot see the emptiness of a religion that provides a basic law structure for society and yet is full of sin. Law doesn't make a sinner a saint. I spoke to him about the new birth as the real answer for sin, not politics or law. If mankind could solve its own problems, there would be no need for the second coming of Christ and the destruction of the world's political systems. There is only one government that works, the theocracy of God. One young man spoke to Mary and said, I am looking for a book that will strengthen my Islam. There is a strong resurgence of Islam in Turkey, and it seems also to be aided by the influx of Arabic-speaking Syrians here. People are more and more interested in learning Arabic and reading Islamic books, and there are native Arabic speakers to teach. One man approaches and he says he is very favorable to Christianity. In a short time, he communicates that he does not want to marry a Muslim woman. He is looking for a wife. He is 50 years old and never married. He talks little about Christ, but much about a wife. I called to a passerby to show our materials to him, and he didn't seem much interested. But we got to talking about the politics in Turkey, and the conversation turned to freedom of the press and liberty of conscience. I offered him a great hope book. He refused to take it for free and paid for it. A woman approached our booth and looked interested in something we had to offer, but she also looked very nervous about it. She looked and looked, hesitating. She went away and then came back. Is she afraid of what others who are looking on might say or think? Is she afraid of what God might think? Finally, she buys the material and disappears into the crowd. We probably won't know until the thousand years begin what happened, but we will be praying for her. Today, there are fewer than 0.01% Christians in Turkey. With its population of over 76 million, this makes Turkey one of the least reached countries on earth. During his time in Turkey, John Smith caught up with a friend he met a while ago. 
He has been a strong believer in Christ, but he had one obstacle that he struggled to overcome. Oh, why is it that my phone rings every time I kneel for prayer? It was after 10 at night. Who is calling me at this hour anyway, I thought. Kemal is calling. I have written about Kemal to you in the past. I am talking about the 36-year-old, not married, on again, off again, working, faithfully coming for three years, taking Bible studies all the time, frequently putting his foot in his mouth, Kemal. He gave his heart to Christ in a group session one night, but still is not baptized. Do you remember why? Kemal is calling me collect, which people do when they don't have any money left on their account. Kemal has been without work since the winter began. He had been helping a plumber for a while. He began his conversation with chit-chat. Then he said something totally unexpected, totally fantastic. John, big brother, I haven't had a cigarette in four days. His words brought tears to my eyes. I am praying and I have been strong against temptation, he said. He has been cigarette-free for two weeks now. He plans for his baptism even now. Sweet interruption. God never turns a blind eye or a deaf ear to his children. The story continues with others that have a curious interest for the truth about Jesus Christ and his love for us. Only the love of our Savior can reach the unreached hearts and lead them to the everlasting kingdom. In today's society, the media has a vast influence in our lives. It also gives another platform for the children of God to be reached. Turkish people are users of the social media. And we're getting a lot of interest through email via social media. Here's one. The following email was typed by curious interest in the faith of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Ahmed has a heart's desire to follow the truth of God, and through his persevering search for the truth, led him to John Smith. I am a secret follower of Jesus. I am from the Black Sea coast and the father of two children. Last year I was baptized without the knowledge of my family. I have studied the Protestant faith, and he named a few for me, and these studies brought me to the Seventh-day Adventists. At a friend's suggestion, I have been reading in the Desire of Ages and the Great Controversy and Patriarchs and Prophets online. I was very impressed, and I want to know more about your faith. My intention is to find a sincere and true faith and to live it. Signed, Ahmed. The email caused me to wonder how many secret believers there are out there. Ahmed came to our city about a month later. Slightly dark-complexioned and wearing a suit, he was visibly happy to meet me. He loves being a salesman for the products of a large factory. Ahmed told me that he comes from a very conservative Muslim background and that his wife is still of that persuasion. There are a number of conservative sects in the Black Sea area, and she belongs to one of those. The timing of his visit was not certain, and it coincided with an appointment that I could not break, and after we chatted for a few minutes, 
I left him at the church and returned one hour later to find him reading our Bible study series. I am impressed that you take your shoes off in your church. It shows respect for God and the culture. I haven't seen this in any other church, he said. In Turkish culture, you take your shoes off before entering the house, and certainly before entering a mosque. We knew that Turks would be disgusted to kneel for prayer in a place where shoes were worn, so from the very beginning we have been wearing slippers in the church. I have been to a few churches, and I am sorry to see the disrespect shown to God and the house of worship by the members. They wear common clothes, and the women are often immodestly dressed. Those who do this cannot reach the Muslims, Ahmed said. We did a Bible study on Daniel 2, and he said he was very, very impressed. I told him that this was just the tip of the iceberg. I told him that we could go much deeper into prophecy and learn about end-time events. But I also directed him to read our basic Bible study series to get a good foundation. I invited him to stay for church, but he had a meeting in his hometown on Saturday morning and had to go. I know that Sabbath would cause him to lose his job and his family at the same time. Neither the church nor personal Adventists have businesses that such a person could enter and keep Sabbath. We just inform and pray at this point. Thank you for your support that you have given to this ministry throughout the year. We are reaching the unreached. Several missionary families have started a work that includes a publishing house and a small church of about a dozen native SDAs. But there are still over 76 million Turks. Please keep John and his wife in your prayers as they continue to serve the Lord to reach the unreached. Thank you for listening to Frontier Mission Journal. Join us again for more inspiring stories of how God can lead no matter what the circumstances might be.